Hello, neighbors. Hello, lovely people. We are back with another case. Did you miss us? Because we missed you. Yeah, we had to take a little break there. Brittany had a little bit of an unlucky week, but we are back in full swing. So, Kasha, how was your week last week? Great. Got a lot done. Uh, we went to Dorney. We did. And karaoke, which was not so fun it was definitely not a good time all the old people came out to to karaoke um, all the college kids were gone it's freaking summer vacation they weren't here so you it was no fun it was all old men singing weird songs yeah um felt like a bad trip and i've never taken a bad trip but if i were to i feel like that's what it would that be. would be it yeah that would be it yeah we have quite a case for you guys today um i actually wouldn't have known about this case if it wasn't for my basically my mother-in-law beth she took me to where this case all started basically well let's not give out too many hints about this case so are you guys ready to hear about this week's murder i know i am so you guys know the drill so let's Let's get get bloody. bloody Our case starts on a hot summer day in Easton, PA, August 5th, 1996 to be exact, when a prostitute on probation for drugs is stabbed in the arm and burned using a heated up metal hanger. Her name is Kathleen Sagusti, but we'll be calling her Kathy for the rest of this case. Her assailants, 19-year-old Corey Mayweather and 20-year-old Kwame Henry, were local drug dealers in the area. Luckily for our case, Kathy decided to report her assault to the police. Now, this isn't the only incident she told the police about. She told them that a week prior, around July 28th, Mayweather, Henry, and another boy, 18-year-old Stanley Obis, brought a young girl to Kathy's house at 719 Bushkill Street. Now, Kathy's house was used as a trap house, so these drug dealers being there wasn't unusual. For those of you who don't know what a trap house is, it's a house where drugs are sold or used out of. Kathy reported that the girl was a young African-American around 19 years old named Madaron Smith. She described the boys taking Madaron down to the basement after accusing her of stealing around $1,000 to $2,000 worth of cocaine. Stanley Obas stayed upstairs with Kathy. It's rumored that the reason he did this is because he actually had feelings for Madaron, so he could not be downstairs with her. They wouldn't allow him. Over the next several hours, Mayweather and Henry kept coming upstairs to grab various household items such as razors, a corkscrew, kitchen chemicals, and metal hangers, amongst other things. Kathy said she could hear screams and pleading coming from the basement, but she was not allowed to go down there. A short time later, she saw the three boys carrying a large box outside, and she never saw Matteron again. Just as a reference for the dimensions, um, this box was around the size of like an electrical heater, like the one you kind of put down in your basement. Um, So quite a large box. That's why it took three men to carry it. So Kathy told police about this possible murder that happened in her own basement, but with no body, no blood, and no evidence of a struggle. All they had to go off of was the word of a woman who at the time admitted that she was completely high. At this point, all police had was the attack that happened on Kathy. So with that, they took Mayweather into custody. With that, they took Mayweather into custody, also questioning him about who and where Matteron was, but he denied knowing anyone of that name at all. Two days after Kathy's report, police seized the trash from the front of the house. They didn't need a warrant since the trash was on the street waiting to be picked up for trash day, making it essentially public property. 
Inside the trash bags, they found lots of damning stuff. This included several misshapen metal coat hangers, 11 butane lighters, two pieces of burnt metal tubing, a cut piece of extension cord, and plastic bags and vials used to package up drugs. This might just be me, but if I was a drug dealer who just probably killed someone, I wouldn't leave stuff like that just anywhere, especially outside of the front of the house where police or anybody can grab. Yeah, no, that seems like a very dumb move. Like a Maybe they were just young and cocky. Like a childish move? Yeah, they were like, oh, well, it's just a drug house. Nobody's going to check. So police also got consent from Kathy to search her house, and inside they found a bloodstained corkscrew and jewelry that belonged to Matteron. Other than all this, police had nothing to go off of since they found no indication of a 19-year-old girl named Matteron Smith. Obviously, the case went a little cold until a week later, on August 10th, a groundskeeper walking through the Eastern Cemetery smelt an awful stench. He followed it up to the dead house. The dead house was an abandoned crypt that used to be used as a storage of bodies in the cold months when the ground was too hard to dig. When he opened the crypt, he found a body inside. Lieutenant Stefan Pachansky stated the site was something he'd never forget even after all this time. So this is what I was referring to at the beginning of the episode. Um, I actually went on a walk with my mother-in-law and she took me to this crypt. It is now boarded up completely for very obvious reasons. Um, And pictures of that will be available on our Instagram. I took a lot of pictures that day. It's actually very beautiful, but you can definitely feel that, that the energy there is... Like something's very off, even though as beautiful as it is, you can feel like something bad happened there. Um, and it's really sad, actually. Inside the crypt was a badly decomposed body of a 5'2", 110-pound young black female. She had thousands of maggots all over and around her body. They found twine around her hands, probably used to keep her restrained. Her upper half was covered with old newspapers, and her pants were down around her ankles. Clearly from the evidence and the lock that was on the outside of this crypt, she didn't just walk in there. Police immediately classified this as a homicide, but because of the level of decomp, they couldn't identify what her cause of death was. Since they didn't find any blood at the scene, it was inferred that she was most likely strangled to death. Interesting thing about this crypt is that it was only about 500 feet away from Kathy's home. With that information, police came to the conclusion that this body was Matteron Smith. But Matteron was 19, and by the teeth on this unidentified body, this girl was only around 13 years old. Maybe this body isn't Matteron, and it's a different person. You see, you, you would come to that conclusion, but everything lines up. The crypt being so close to Kathy's home, the description matching up. So what did police do at this point? Well, they ran a search through the missing persons database with the only information that they had, and they got a hit. Richeza Williams. How are they sure that this Richeza Williams is the girl they found? So, they found dental records from dental appointments for Richeza Williams and matched them with the dentals of this body, and they got a match. It would have been hard to confirm, but luckily enough, she had a small chip on her front tooth that was present on both. This can actually be caused by, like, clenching your teeth. I have almost the exact same chip on my front teeth from clenching my teeth. So, if this is Richeza Williams, what about Matteron? Where is she? Actually, 13-year-old Richeza Williams ran away from home four months prior after her family moved from Brooklyn to Baldwin in Long Island, New York. Everyone had great things to say about her. Her teacher said she was always willing to help anyone, that she was beautiful and full of life. 
and her mother said that she was a lovely girl and she just got led astray by some really bad people. After Richeza ran away, she was able to get a fake ID, thus giving herself the name Matteron Smith. With her new identity and her new age of 19 and a job as a drug runner, she was able to get an apartment with her boyfriend until he was arrested and she had to move. They also showed a picture of Richeza to Kathy and she confirmed that this was the girl, this was Matteron, that she saw at her home. Now, why did Matteron or Richeza pick Easton out of all places to run away to? Well, honestly, at the time, because remember, it's 1996, the drug business was booming, and Easton had the best drug prices, no shortages, and less cops, making it the best place to make money running drugs between Easton and New York. So, you know, she was smart for what she was doing, and doing this is how she met all three boys, Mayweather, Henry, and Obas. So police now have a body, a crime scene, and a positive identification of the victim, but no time of death or way to tie any of the boys to the murder. So what do they do? How do they figure this out? So they called in a forensic entomologist, which is just a fancy name for bug expert, to help figure out Richeza's time of death. Since she was very badly decomposed, he had to use the only thing he could, the maggots and flies on her body. He took the temperature readings from inside the dead house and outside of it to replicate the growth process of the maggots. After figuring out how long it takes maggots to get to the stage they were at when police found Richeza's body, he was able to figure out that she was most likely killed between August 27th and 29th. Along with Kathy's report, it was narrowed down that Richeza was murdered on the 28th. So police have a time of death, but still no way of tying any of the boys to the murder. So they go back to the crypt to look around some more. After sifting through all the leaves and debris inside the crypt, they found something a chewed-up wad of big red gum with a teeth indent in it. Police remembered seeing this gum being chewed by Mayweather when he was brought in for questioning. Actually, he also carried packs of it wherever he went since it was his favorite gum. This is what they needed to tie Mayweather inside the crypt, so the gum is sent off for DNA testing. But police stop the testing before it starts because if they continue, they would no longer be able to get a tooth impression from the gum. After they stopped the DNA testing, the gum was sent off to make a mold of the teeth that chewed it. The mold showed the teeth were shaped a specific way, which matched Mayweather's teeth, solidifying the fact that he was inside the crypt with Richeza. After hearing this damning evidence, Mayweather waived his rights and signed papers attesting to everything that he saw. But his version of the story didn't place him in the basement, because of course it didn't. In fact, he said he only grabbed the items used for torture and handed them to Obas and Henry. Not only did he name Obas and Henry, but he said he saw Henry beat Williams before that day because she quote-unquote messed up a package. The whole time Mayweather is recalling what happened that day, he showed no emotion on his face, just an ice-cold stare with no remorse for what they did to that poor girl. Because of the brutality of this murder, Mayweather was up for the death penalty but he pleaded guilty avoiding it. He did end up getting life in prison for first-degree murder, kidnapping, and aggravated assault. In 2012, Mayweather asked the Supreme Court to grant him a new prison term since they put a ban on automatic juvenile life without parole sentencing. They did, however, deny his plea, justified based on what happened, but certain political groups don't agree. In fact, In 2020, they tried to get him paroled, stating that he did not directly cause Richeza's death. They went as far to say, and I quote, 
If you do not take a life, the state shouldn't take your life through unending incarceration. Basically, because they don't have a solid cause of death and they believe that she died due to the torture, he didn't kill her. His crime killed her. From the information we could find, he is still in prison for his crimes. So we know about Mayweather. What about the other two? Good question. Henry was on the run for a while, but police found him in Trinidad. He pled not guilty, but was still found guilty of the same charges as Mayweather and charged to prison for life on June 30th, 1999. He did file some appeals, his first being in May of 2001, but it was denied. After that first denial, he put in not one, not two, but three more appeals, all of which got denied. Then again, in 2009, he petitioned for writ of habeas corpus, which was also denied. For those who don't know what writ of habeas corpus is, it's a court order to bring a person who's detained to court to determine if their detention is valid. Prisoners who petition this want to contest the legality of their imprisonment. Kwame Henry is now 47 and he is still serving his time locally. So that just leaves us with Ovis. He still hasn't been found and climbed his way onto Pennsylvania's top 10 most wanted and even the FBI's most wanted list. Even if he was found today, it would be hard to prosecute him since Kathy, the key witness, passed away from a drug overdose. Police still get tips here and there about possible sightings of Obis around New York and Wilkes-Barre, but they all turn up to be somebody else. We will be posting a picture of Obis on our social medias so everybody can keep an eye out for him. He is considered armed and dangerous. Another theory that the police have is that Obas was probably given a street death once the community found out that he was a part of harming a very, very young girl. Um, usually people on the streets are not too kind to child abusers. So that is just one other theory out there. Richeza Williams' life was cut short over a drug dispute. All of the people involved were still children, 13, 18, 19, and 20. None of them could even legally drink. To think they could brutally torture a 13-year-old girl and kill her still baffles me. At least two of the boys who played a bigger part in her murder were brought to justice. Now to just find the third and she can finally rest and her family can get some peace. Sometimes not all of the bad people involved in these cases get what they deserve. Do you think that Mayweather should get his sentence reduced since he was only 19 at the time? Let us know what you think on our social medias linked below. Maybe one of you lucky listeners will be next week's social media follower of the week. And just a little update for you guys, a little scheduling change. We will no longer be posting new episodes every Tuesday. We move the day to every Thursday. So tune back in next Thursday for a new episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Murder Next Door. We hope you enjoyed it. Bye, guys.